0: Go One Radio, Long Island's own sports radio network. 33! Live at the studio of Sports on the Go One. All right? Let's go. It's the third and long show. And here's your host, Maddie Cab.
1: Welcome everybody to a brand new show of third and long here at the sports on the go one studio in bohemia new york it is a cold frigid day here on long island but what do we expect here in february well january basically february super bowl week is upon us we have a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about and go over today but first i want to introduce to everybody and all the listeners li- listening in Mr. Gary Brown, the Super Bowl-winning 1996 Green Bay Packers has graced us with his presence today, and I couldn't be more appreciative. Mr. Gary Brown,
2: how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for this opportunity. No, Gary, thank Gary, you, no, thank no, thank you, thank you for being Gary. here.
1: Yeah, I have
3: this I'm guy. honored to be blinded by your Super Bowl ring. <laughs> <Yeah>. It really <laughs> is an honor. <laughs> it, That's look at the size, of, at head, the size of that ring!
1: Like, look at it. It's just unbelievable. It pushes me off camera. It's that big. Yeah, it's it, listen. It's fantastic. I'm I'm happy you're here. You got myself here. You got my producer, Mr. Vinny Rubo, and then we have some special guests here, Tyler, Tyler Harrison here Hello. from uh, Hello ho- Home Stretch. Hello, everyone. The it's Purdue- my my
4: <laughs> long-awaited arrival has come.
1: The the host uh, of uh, home stretch tonight yeah, at eight go. o'clock, and then you have Mr. Johnny Baseballs, Johnny Fogarty over there from Chalk Talk here as well, who's always been a guest on my show, two three days a week sometimes. We we, we see how it is, but let's oh, get into it. We wow. we, we, we have a nice little interview going on today. Like I said, we have Mr. Gary Brown here from the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl-winning team, 1996. So, wait, let's get into it right now. Are you good? Is everything I, all right?
2: I'm ready. Let's
1: go. Um, just a few questions. I know, Tyler, you have a few questions. I know I do. I know this is – you just sit and listen. If you have anything you want to bring <laughs> up, you're more than welcome. <laughs> why, to why, those, why? Why? Why don't you, you, you sit want sit there in the and strolling? shut up. Because do you think I'm going to talk Dallas about something Cowboy specific?
2: You're a Dallas Cowboy fan. You're a Dallas Cowboy fan. He got to fan. see a
1: lot
3: of that front row. Uh, he got to see
2: uh, it. Oh, I got some Dallas st- uh, stories as well. Ooh, I'll be oh, glad to oh, hear oh. Well, well, I'll be glad to hear it. But, Gary, let me ask you. Coming, living in
1: Amityville, and getting recruited to Georgia Tech and whatnot, and playing for Georgia Tech. How was your time there at Georgia Tech as uh, a student, as as a player? And what kind of advice would you want to give kids, up and coming kids, about the NFL and col and the college
2: game? You got to get used to hard work. Um, you know, growing up, you think that playing football, you are good. That's all it takes. And uh, coming from I I born in Amityville, but raised in Brentwood. Okay. And then I I took the hard road. I went to National Community College after that, and then uh, and then I got a, ended up getting a scholarship to Georgia Tech. And when I walked into Georgia Tech, I'm like, whoa, this is what's <laughs> <laughs> this is a, I'm used to seeing Suffolk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is I'm a like campus. used campus. This. <laughs> this, this is. It's like is a little city, you know. And <laughs> then uh, I didn't learn how to study until I got to Georgia Tech. Like I thought I was studying. I was reading and doing stuff that I was supposed to do, but I didn't really know how to do it until I got there to understand just how serious it was. Um, but to get that's what I do now. That's what brought me to doing what I do now, which is trying to get other people prepared of course. for the real world. You and, know what and, I mean? And we're going to
1: talk about your charities and, and what you do and whatnot. So I'm really intrigued about your time at Georgia Tech as well. And, and we're going to get into your NFL time too because obviously we all have questions about your NFL time and, <laughs> and all that stuff and some stories if you can tell that that, that, <laughs> that, that, that we would be interested in. But talking about Georgia Tech – how do you think the time has changed from your time at Georgia Tech to, like I said, students that are possibly looking to go play football at Georgia Tech and looking to go play Division One football, basically what I'm getting at.
2: Division One football is the cream of the cream. It's, it's where it's at. You go in and you look at it as when you're here on Long Island, there might be one or two special athletes within the whole league. right? And then when you go to a Division One school, Everybody's a special athlete from some place, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Every your third string guy is a hometown hero because yeah. he was that good. So now the level of competition, everybody picks each other up. You know, I just happened to go there two years that Bill Lewis was there, and that didn't work out so well for us. But George O'Leary and... Uh, George guys, O'Leary, CI guy. He's a CI guy. They brought me UCF, in, UCF, uh, he's, and, and been, all the he's they, been all over the yeah, place. Minnesota Vikings, he's been all over the place. Yeah, and he's a great guy, man. And, and, you know, they brought me in. You're
1: still you're still in contact with George O'Leary, I'm sure, no? No. Yeah, not uh, not, not know, as much? Some of
2: the old school guys I, I talk to a little bit through social media, holidays, just send a message. But uh, as a regular... Actually, his son, Tim O'Leary, I uh-huh. speak to a little bit. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But... uh it's been some time, man. Georgia yeah. Tech—that was a long time ago. Yeah, 94 for me. man. Yeah, but
1: but but then, like after Georgia Tech, you get drafted in the fifth round, pick one hundred and forty-eight by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you ended up going there. And then you went to the Green Bay Packers, and that's really where your time went. It, it was with Green Bay. You got you had an opportunity to play with Brett Favre, who is arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You got. You have a Super Bowl ring, as we all see. You you won the Super Bowl there. So tell us about your time now, being drafted. How is that like? Get getting into the NFL. The work ethic that. And, pu- that, that and
5: it please took. tell us what the nightlife is like in Green <laughs> Bay,
2: <laughs> well, or lack of lack of. i was trying to figure out where, the, where should I start with this whole thing, but like for me, I was always that guy that that I wasn't the fastest, but I I, I would be the hardest worker. I would always bring up the end real strong, you know. So when I went to Nassau, my high school coach, I'll never play there, whatever, whatever. So I went there and I ended up starting, you know. Yeah, and, and that's another whole story with how I got that position because there were some monsters coming out of Seachem. <laughs> and you know, like Big Boys. Mm-hmm. Nassau community college, believe it or not, was the cream of the
1: crop for football. They still football get a lot of big guys they, in there. They're still good,
2: yeah. They oh, still yeah. have I follow, I go to their games a couple times a year. Um you know, and I was there with one of the guys who started that tradition. So it was kind of serious awesome. to, to see us go to bowl games in Mesa, Arizona and stuff like that. That's outstanding. Yeah, but then you look at the roster and you got guys from Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, mm-hmm. upstate New York, and they're really good monsters that are Division One players with no grades. And I was this little skinny kid with no <laughs> arms. I couldn't even bench 225. And like, no. Don't lie to me. I won't lie to you. Don't I lie, lie my, to me. My first day at National Community College, we do the weightlifting, running, jumping mm-hmm. test. I get on the bench. These guys are down there repping 225. Like, coach, can no I put problem. It down now? I'm like, <laughs> I maybe do this that. isn't for me. Maybe uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to just go to class and something. So I got into the bench. I did one and a half. The coach said, I'm going to give you two because nobody ever did one before. Get off my bench. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. It was, you know. But the first day with Padges where I, I, I learned that's, this is my niche because mm-hmm. I had this. Uh, his name was Guy. Guy Furtado. Animal. Uh, huge. And, uh. He was a nose tackle, probably his third year in the two-year school. And, and I'm like, I got to go against this guy? And they're like, yeah. And he's just drooling with, you know, <laughs> to beat me up. And I get up there, and I'm so scared. And I'm like, I'm in my stance, and I see the coach get ready to blow the whistle. And as soon as I saw him get ready to blow, I took off, and I hit him in the mouth. Bam! And the guy falls backward, I get up. I go to the back of the line. I'm like, whoa, that was close. He gets <laughs> up <laughs> flipping. Get him back up here. Get that rookie up here. He's mine. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta do this again. <laughs> and I get back up there. So now I jump the count again and I hit him again. Now he wants to fight. And it was a, it was a learning experience for me. Of course. I was like, you know what? If you're bigger and stronger, I'm gonna be faster. If you're faster, I'm gonna be stronger. If you're bigger and stronger and faster, I'm gonna be smarter than you. Right. So that's when I started playing the game with. A Coaches lot of, gotta love that. Well, they teach it without teaching it. But you know, all right, when you're in the stance and it's a pass play. Don't show pass. Make sure you. So I started using that to my advantage. If it's a pass play, I'll sink my hands in the ground and make it seem like it's a run play. Or if I'm pulling one way, I'll make I'll lean like I'm pulling the other way. And they're like, "It's going this way. It's going this way." Be like, "Stupid! It's going the other way." You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what I did, and I, and I used that to my advantage. Plus, I had good feet. Cause I like to play basketball, so ah, I had a boy. <laughs> bit.
1: <laughs> so, Tyler, I I I know you had a question or two about his Green Bay time. So I mean. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. We're, we're
4: First of all, again, we've been talking for quite some time While before the show aired. Thank you again for coming. It's an absolute pleasure. It, to get off on a light foot, is there any funny story that you can share, just like one that you're going to tell grandkids upon grandkids, like, hey, listen, this is what happens in an NFL locker room?
2: Well, I was trying to tell you guys a little bit earlier about how the locker room protects itself. Like, yes. you don't have egos and attitude problems that trickle up the line to the coaching staff and to ownership that they have to handle it. The locker room takes care of that. So when you're becoming a, a problem on the field or off the field, we there was their ways of getting you to act right. And it'll start out like simple Hazing.
1: Stuff. Definitely. Th- there was
2: definitely it's, some hazing it's just, stuff It's going on. similar to that. But, like, in college, everything is about, you know, run laps or run the stairs. And the NFL, they hit you in a wallet. Everything's about making you pay a bill, making fines. you... Fines. Fine. So, you know, if you're being a jerk, then first time, you know, they're going to give you a, a verbal warning, like, yo, listen, rookie or young guy or new to the team guy, take it easy. That's not how we do it here. And if you get a little egotistical about that, when it's time to go out on the field, your helmet will be missing. And now you're not allowed to go into the field without a helmet, or you're going to get fined. And after that, then your whole uniform's going to be missing. And then after that, and you can't just go to the equipment guy and say, I need another helmet. No. Mm-hmm. Where is your helmet? Then you can't get one until later. Because they're in on it, too. Right. But I see it done to the point where guys come out of the locker room and their car's on bricks. Um, <laughs> Shut their up. Their car's flatbedded across. <laughs> the uh, the that's corner. great. Because it's like the
3: replacements? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but this
2: is serious stuff because... You know what, is it a big deal for somebody that's making $10 million? So is it more no. of like the vets doing but this against, a, like, rookies and stuff? No, this no? is guys that are just being not cooperating. They're not, mm-hmm. work, you know, whether they're mouthing off to the media, whether they're... Um, Putting people
1: under the bus or doing yeah, something. Yeah,
2: when they're not being a team player, this is how you get them to act right. You know what I mean? They'll take your doors off of your house, you know, while you're at, while you're at practice. Just because. And it's no big deal. These guys making millions and millions of dollars. Right. But it's just a nuisance, and it's like, yo, would you act right already? Right. So we don't have to go through this, and you don't have to go through this. So it's a way of, of ironing things out. And, and you know, and if you have to sit down and talk to everybody, then they will. But the, well with The locker room always took care of itself. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm now, sure.
2: Nowadays it gets a little out of hand. With well, it's because
1: let's be real here. Everybody nowadays is a bunch of down. yeah, yeah selfish. I saved you from saying something. Yeah, I I, say. I'm not allowed to curse <laughs> live on the air, but I think you get the gist of what I was. Thinking and what I was gonna say. Everybody's so protected from everything now. Everything offends everybody now. Right. And it, there's stuff you just can't do. It's not like the old days in like the '90s when you played and stuff. And like I said, I listen. I can't stop staring at your Super Bowl ring. I, I, uh, I, I, I really can. I mean, it, it's an unbelievable uh, feature that you have there, and it's yeah. an unbelievable accomplishment. But. Vinny, I know you asked him about the
2: nightlife and stuff in Green Bay. Or lack of. Lack of. I mean, there's was, probably
5: nothing to do besides play football. Like, well, like how was your time in Green built Bay?
2: Up, it's built up much, much more now yeah. since I've been there. There's nightclubs and, and wine bars and toppers, but all the kinds <laughs> of stuff. All the good stuff. When I was there, there was like two Jeez. nightclubs, and you, know, you had to leave out of town to go find stuff. But it was a culture shock for me because I went from New York to the heart of Atlanta, Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, we kind of skipped over that. You know, that was the place at the time. It was mm-hmm. called Hot Atlanta at that time, you know. It, Still it, called Hot Atlanta. It, it was yes. something <laughs> amazing to watch, you know, just to sit there. It was, it, it, that's an off-air conversation, but it's, <laughs> oh. it was an amazing <laughs> All right. Thing. I can't wait till we All go right. to break. we yeah, go uh, to break now? And then I went to Pittsburgh, which was kind of, to me, Pittsburgh was like, like Gotham City, you know, it was always gloomy. But it was always, at the nighttime, the lights turned on. It was kind of cool, you know? Yep, okay. And then I had to get on a plane, a Long Island kid. They were like, you're going to Green Bay in the morning. I'm like, where the hell is Green Bay? <laughs> 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 I didn't know where. Hey, it literally was probably <laughs> was in the middle of nowhere, right? It, it was literally in the middle of nowhere. You had to fly to Chicago. and You take a little puddle jumper. and Shut up. And the lady would get out of the plane. and Were you able to pump. fit on that puddle jumper? Christ. I flew him, like, maybe two or three times. <laughs> and then I, was, I <laughs> was. After that, I drove from Chicago. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll drive. But, um. Getting there, and the first day, I see, uh, I, I get there, and they're like, yeah, hey, we put you in a hotel, which is a motel, and I'm looking at the television, and it says Green Bay's number one uh, news, and it said the station, and I look out the window, and it's a one-story building with a satellite on it, and I'm like, whoa, man. So immediately, I call my mother from the hotel phone, because we didn't really have cell phones then yet, and I'm like, mom this is the address, this is where I'm at, and just in case something goes wrong, I don't know, where I'm at, whom I'm meeting, or what's going on—it just looked weird, you know. Of course. But one of the coaches, Sherman Lewis, told me, "Gary, you'll figure it out. Green Bay's the NFL's best-kept secret." And I'm like, "What do you mean by that?" He said, "You'll get it. You'll get it." Okay. And after a couple of months, man, it's—you be- understood? It's a beautiful place. It really is. Like I believe
1: it. I believe it. But I mean, yeah. being in Green Bay, being from Long Island, and being a New York kid—not not used to it. Not not used to it. Here, you want to bring up the mic a little bit, actually? For for f- to help for you. You can lift it up. Like this. There you go. Yeah. How's okay. that? Perfect. There you All go. Right. You're a but, professional. Look at that. But actually we have our first caller of the day, and this is a guy I was telling you about, Jeff from Tampa, who is a avid listener to us. He's a big New England Patriot fan. Oh so I'm sure he might have some questions for you. Mr. Jeff from Tampa, what's going on, buddy?
0: Yo, Maddie, how are you? Gary, man, you gotta do something for me, right? <laughs> uh-huh. I need your best i need your best george o story i see george all the time i'm friends with chuck bresnahan oh is wow. UC, who was the dc at you UC, uh ucf okay and uh, dude i still see him all the time i need your best george o story that i can just rip him with
2: The the best <laughs> thing he did for me was um they came you know i went to georgia tech because him and bobby ross came to my house and they sat down and they broke bread with my family, my mother and my father. And then before they left, George O'Leary was like, Mrs. Brown, you think I could get some of that to go? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so she made him a little to-go package and, and that was special to me, you know? And then uh, I signed at Georgia Tech. I went there in January. In February, coach was like, Gary, guess what? Um, we're leaving. We're going to Detroit. And I'm like, what do you mean? What does that mean for me? He was like, it means whatever you wanted it to mean. And I'm like, and he's sitting in my dorm room. Like, coaches don't go to your dorm room. He's sitting in my dorm room. He was like, I have your scholarship right here. I never handed it in. You're not officially signed in yet because school didn't start yet. He was like, I could make this go away, and you could go to Clemson or wherever you wanted to go to, or you could stay here and, and accept this new opportunity. And I'm like, Coach, thank you for the, the chance. I'm going to stay here and make the best of it. He was like, "All right, I'll hand you your paperwork in the morning." So I think that was a gentleman move because he promised me that he was going to be there, and when he wasn't, he gave me the opportunity to go anywhere I wanted to go. But um, I stuck it out, and you know, whether they I didn't win a a college championship or anything, but I was in the right position to make it to the NFL. So I thank him for that.
0: Absolutely.
4: That,
2: that that's oh, That was
0: like a nice George. O
2: story. We can't we can't like say kind of those kind of like stories him on that. Wrapping his
0: pants at Oh, I wanted you, him, like, crapping his pants at football
2: practice. You want, to talk like to, that, you want you know? me to talk to you about him yelling at people with that skull dip flying all over <laughs> in their face? Oh, he's a, he's a screamer. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a, screamer. a screamer and a dipper back in the days. I, 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 I won't talk to those stories. He's a good man for me. <laughs> no, he's great. He really is great,
0: dude. He's, he's one of the best, for sure. Yeah, great so, dude. But, him and his family. But... Yeah, but I was hoping for something better than that. I mean, that's like a kind story. I wanted something
2: that I We could, can't you know. tell those stories live on the air, man. Well, this is friend. my first time here. I wanna be I wanna be called back
1: again. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> next
2: time I have some juicy stuff for you. <laughs> Gary, the bar isn't very high here. You can, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Jeff, come on. It's on your now. first impressions, you know, this is my first time. My mother raised me Uh-oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, it was good, man. Thanks, I appreciate it, dude. It was nice talking to you. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff,
1: thanks for the call, bro. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: All right,
0: Speedy sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, Gary, ask ask Vinny about his
1: predictions. They go really well. <laughs> um, they, the, well, I'll, I'll we'll tell you about that. Should bet against them? <laughs> yeah, basically. He, we, Jeff calls Vinny the mush because Vinny. No, called, no,
5: it's only with the Patriots. Every other game, uh, I no, think it was seven and one. Baseball, you lost to. Yeah, the but, sacrificial lamb. Sacrificial baseball, it's all the Boston baseball, teams. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to root he, for them. He, so. Yeah,
1: he's against. He's a diehard New Yorker like all of us. So anything he says against Boston, Boston always comes back and wins The Red Sox. He had the Red Sox losing earlier. Uh, he had the Kansas City Chiefs over the New England Patriots. Patriots won. So I'm intrigued. Tomorrow we do our show called the Thursday Pick'em Show where I have another full panel like this, and we go over ins and outs of the game, and tomorrow will be a big-time show. Jeff calls in. So I'm intrigued to hear what Vinny's going to have to say tomorrow for that. But that, that's going to be for tomorrow. But, Jeff, thanks for calling in, bro. All right, buddy. See ya. See you later. Mr. Jeff from Tampa. That
3: was probably the most mild-mannered. Jeff, that's we, because could,
1: guess. Guess. That's because we have a special guest. Talk about first
3: impressions. Jeff wanted to be as clean cut as we, he possibly we have, we have could.
1: A, that's because we have a special guest. He wants to show mm-hmm. good, good faith. Right. Otherwise, That's all respect for you. Yeah. 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 If you're not uh, here, he's he, still on the phone. He uh-huh. cracks jokes on every <laughs> single person here. That's why when you heard him say Speedy sucks, he's one of our producers here, too, for the later shows, his show, and talk. whatnot, and he just cracks joke after joke after joke, like no holds barred, he doesn't give a crap, and whatnot. But 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 Jeff's a good hearted dude, he's a good guy, and whatnot. So I'm honored, yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's,
5: so, uh,
1: that's almost up there with the Super Bowl
4: ring, to be honest with
3: you. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jeff's world that's anyway. Jeff is difficult
1: to accomplish, but um, we're actually gonna go to a quick break. We're gonna still have Gary here because I know I have some more questions, I know you do, and I know Johnny, you probably have a question or two for Mr. Gary. But ladies and gentlemen, we are gonna go to a quick break, and when we come back from break, we still are going to be in this interview with Mr. Gary Brown of the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl winning team 1996 and then we're going to ask him later on for his predictions of this year's Super Bowl we're going to get into that (laughs) when we come back at sports on the go one
0: this is Long Island's own sports radio network sports Sports on on the go Go one One radio Radio. Radio. You, you are listening to the third and long show and here's your host Maddie Cash 631-676-2968
1: is the number to reach us here at the Sports on the Go 1 studio. We still have Mr. Gary Brown from the Green Bay Packers live on air in the studio with us. And we couldn't be more grateful for him being here. But, Tyler, I know you probably have another question or two for him. So, please, by all means, go get him. (laughs) <laughs> no 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 not no, like not that. Not, no no not whoa, whoa. Not like I that. don't run reputation around <laughs> here.
4: I don't go at guests. I go at co hosts and I go at callers. I'm not no no not <laughs> guests. <laughs> not guests. Nice try, Caps. Nice try. So um obviously Gary, you've been mentioning a lot about uh locker room and making sure that, you know, we kept it in house and nothing got out to the media if we didn't it. want it to get out. Mm-hmm. Now I know It's kind of funny because Terrell Owens and Chad Johnson have been very skeptical of the NFL for kind of putting a a ceiling on what players can do. Good job, Alid. Thank you. Um, Kind of making sure that players aren't too outspoken, too brash. Uh, Terrell Owens says they don't want you to have fun. Do you think it's more of Terrell Owens just having sour grapes about the league, kind of condemning him too much, or... Do you think that what he's saying has some justification to it?
2: Honestly speaking, we talked about earlier how fame is like a drug or ego; it boosts your ego. Ironically, I was my last year um, in the NFL was with San Francisco, and Terrell Owens was there, and yes. he was young. And there was Jerry Rice, who's on the team, J.J. Stokes, and all these guys. But Terrell was a young Stokes. He yeah. was a young kid, you know, yes. and playing. He was a whiner, you know. um, He dropped the pass in the game. He'd whine about People would come over on on the sideline, yo, don't worry about it, pick your head up. They would support him, carry him, and make sure he was okay. Work with him early in the morning, work with him late in the evening, whatever it takes. And for him to grow up in the sport to be the kind of a jerk that he became, you know, yelling at coaches, yelling at quarterbacks, uh, downplaying people was like a smack in the face for me because I'm like, if people did that to you when you were down, you would have crumbled back then. You wouldn't have made it right. to who you are. For, so for you to treat people the way, the opposite of the way people treated you was bad. So that's an, an instance where his fame and his ego got the best of him. And he is a perfect teaching lesson that I use for when I mentor young athletes. That I don't care how good you are and, and, or how good your hands are or how fast you are. You got to be a team player. Right. You got to understand your role. And you got to stay in your lane. Because you're right doesn't mean you're supposed to say it. So a lot of that is geared towards Terrell Owens and the, and these guys that when his career was over, he still could have started on any NFL team. Right. And your career is over all because of what comes out of your mouth. And he's
3: still running his mouth about Tony Romo.
2: Hey, well, well, right. <laughs> I don't even get but into do that. You understand? Your no. career, you're not making millions of dollars because you don't know how to shut up.
4: And just to follow up that now, I know that um, obviously Skip Bayless of Undisputed has been very critical of Terrell Owens his entire career because he was actually one of the beat writers for the Niners back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've had your interactions with Skip over the years. Terrell Owens on his show said if you ask half – like he seemed like he was saying that it wasn't everyone had something negative to say. He did have his guys in any locker room that were like, hey, Terrell's a team guy. um, He also would go on to say that Walsh said his IQ on this chalkboard was one of the highest he's ever seen. So is any of that true, or that's just Terrell Owens protecting his legacy in in a way?
2: If you're boxing, you need a team of two or three people to be on the same page. If you're playing basketball, you need a team of five to ten people on the same page. You're playing football. You need 55 guys on the same page. At least half of that on the offense to believe in each other and to be on the same page. You know, we can agree to disagree – but there's a tasteful way of doing it. And there's a respectful way of doing it. So if you're splitting the locker room in half, saying, "Oh, half the guys are on my side," but the half that's not on your side, why are they not on your side? Is it because of what you said, or because of how you said it, or or, or the, the way you did it? You know. So now it's not just about who's on your side, who's not on your side. It's about how you affecting people and how they look at you. If you're on it, you know. We talked about other athletes today. If they do something in a nightclub or if they do something in the street, and the next day in the meeting, we have to have, a, in our practice meeting, we have to talk for a half an hour or hour about what happened last night or how to address the media, you're taking away from us getting ready for Saturday or Sunday's game. That's a good point. That's a distraction. You don't do anything to come in that we have to discuss on, 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 fina- on our work schedule about what you're doing on your off schedule and if you do then it's a distraction you're taking away from the team i don't care what it is wow i never thought of it that
1: way yeah no that's uh, I, that's I a definitely a different perspective and uh, that's a honestly coming from him that's a great perspective no he's got the ring <laughs> yeah. Neither,
2: no, no, no <laughs> one it? here's got a ring <laughs> yeah. you don't even have your wedding ring on no, i'm not married yet <laughs> oh, all right i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. hope you didn't spoil it you were not getting engaged tonight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm
1: getting married in may <laughs> okay. I, I, I,
5: now Gary, you got to do that. You, you shot, you shot Shade
4: by. earlier. I shot Shade back.
5: Gary, looking back at your NFL career, um, who would be some of the best players you played against? I know you. I know you. you and you could say you practice against Reggie, Reggie White, the late Reggie White. Yeah. Uh, what I was that like? And you know some of the, you know, the best players you played against. Great question. I know defensive player of the question. year that year was Bruce Smith yeah. um, in '96. I, I, I don't I know if you played against him, but some of the players that you know you thought were great at that time so
2: that was pretty special playing against bruce smith um i I wish i would have played against a younger bruce smith i played really well against him Uh, and the guys that i guess were supposed to kick my butt did it i I played really well um i played the blind side before it was fashionable um reggie white i got two quick stories about coming to green bay (laughs) (laughs) here it comes i was in in, uh pittsburgh practicing against two greats kevin green and Greg yes kevin green of course I practice against these guys. I can play against anybody, okay? I'm ready. So I get to Green Bay, and that's the first week of the, our first game week. So in the NFL, you bust your butt all, spring, all, all off season, and camp, and in the first week, you pull back to get the guys ready for the first game. I didn't know that. This is my first NFL first week, so how do I know this? So I get there, and the coach is like, Gary, you're here for a job. They're going to tell you to slow down. We're telling you, you're earning a job right now. Go out there and give it 110%. I'm like, all right. I know how to do that. I'll
1: listen to you guys. Very
2: first play, I line up against Gilbert Brown. Now, ironically, his name is Gilbert Brown. My name is Gary Brown. (laughs) (laughs) I just bought a brand-new white Cherokee. He got a brand-new white (laughs) (laughs) Cherokee. His license plate says G. Brown, On my license plate says G. (laughs) Brown. This guy hates me walking in the door, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, so... First play, we're doing a regular dive. Brown, we're looking at you. Come off the ball. I come off the ball and hit him in his mouth. Bam. He gets pissed. Tell this rookie how to practice. I'm getting ready for Sunday. They were like, great job, Brown. Now, we're doing the same play, going the other way. Go back and do it again. I'm like, oh, they're making, I'm making <laughs> enemies already. Like my second play in a Green Bay uniform, and I got like 10 guys that hate me already. So I, I'm trying to get a job, you know. Of I, course, yeah. I come yeah, off the ball, make I hit him again in the mouth, and I drive him back. So then we tussle. He wants to fight, and I'm like, oh, here we go. So we wrestle around a little bit. They pull me off of him, and they're like, all right, Gary, now I move out the tackle. Great. So now it's against Reggie White. <laughs> First play, uh, sweet play. I come off the ball. I hook him. I lean into him. I'm driving him in. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pissed, and Reggie doesn't get pissed at anybody. <laughs> and he's pissed, so I'm like, all right, I'm doing good here. Though. Everybody's <laughs> hitting me in the back of my head in the, hell, in the locker, I am mean in the huddle. I'm like, yeah, it's us <laughs> against them. I didn't know everybody was snickering and laughing, you know, because oh. they're like, they're just setting me up. <laughs> now it's the fourth play. It's a pass play. I come back. I get my sets going. I'm with Reggie, and he runs up, and he goes, <laughs> and he grabs me. And he goes to launch me like 20 yards. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where the classy, the classy Reggie comes in. He gets me, and he goes to throw me, and I feel all my body weight leave. <laughs> I have no control over anything that I own. And he stops mid-thrust, and he s- grabs me and says, now slow down, rookie. And I'm like, yes, sir. Mr. Yes, sir. <laughs> And I went back to the locker. I'm in mean, the huddle, and they were like, all right, come on out, bro." And they all high with <laughs> me, and they yeah. were, it was cool. But that was my bonding moment. But as far as um, the guy that gave it to me the business the most was John Randall from Minnesota. Mm. He gave me. The, they came after me. Um, they strategically came after me. I was a young guy on the line at the time. As was actually the year we won the Super Bowl. And they were switching fresh bodies on me probably every two or three plays from the sideline. Just the trying f- to
1: tire you out. The whole
2: first half. But I don't understand that they're trying to tire me out. I'm like, I don't care who you send. I'm kicking their butt. <laughs> So Alexander and Green, all these guys, I'm smashing them. Left and right, left and right, left and right. Halftime coming, like, yeah, you're doing good. Keep up the work, blah, blah, blah. I'm breathing heavy. Halftime's over. Third quarter, they're doing the same thing. Fourth quarter, they switch Randall from there to on me. And if you ever watch John Randall play, he's energized a energizer bunny. He doesn't <laughs> stop. Fourth quarter, two seconds left in the game. And he's he's still, still going. He's still going 110 miles an hour, no matter what the score is. And me and him were going at it, man. And it was so funny because we I didn't have a great game, but uh, we had a slide play, and I was supposed to show him that I was looking at him and then leave him alone, and the back was supposed to chip him and go out, and the back went the wrong way, and the guy left and hit Brett, and he fumbled, and we lost the game the coach said, Gary, you know, they're going to blame you for that. Uh, they're gonna blame The media's going to blame you for that. I'm like, I don't care about the media as long as yeah. you know what happened. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know. Okay. So when the media came, I was like, you know what? When you have a bad day at work, you smell things wrong. When I have a bad day at work, quarterbacks get hit and sometimes you lose games. <laughs> I take re- you know, responsibility. And, of course. And I got more fan mail after that than I ever did after any game. I, really? I still get fan mail from that day.
1: I get said, out of here.
2: Yeah, they were wow. like, yo. Because a lot of the people understood what happened. But, you know, to the meathead, they're not going to understand. And they're just going to be like, oh, that 68 sucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool that the people were like, yo, that's the way to own up to it. And we love you and we always accept you. It's pretty cool. So, but uh, John Randall was a guy that, that gave me, you know, he was just an undersized machine, man. He's fast. He's strong. He's somebody I can't get underneath him. Um, he's just as fast as I am, you know. Uh, it was a good matchup. I, I wish I could have played him more because. And uh, was Red,
5: was Reggie White as good as a guy as everyone says? You know, he's been he's stand up guy, a right. very, very nice.
2: Yeah, you know, Reverend uh, 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 Minister of Defense is an awesome dude, and, and he was one of those guys that was very religious, and he made yes. sure you knew when Bible study was. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't like you gotta go, but he was like, Brown, we're having Bible study, so you know, if you're wow. available, you know. I never so knew that about him. So we yeah, would do that all the time. Religious. So he was a good dude, man, and, and at, at times I defend him because people like, we get to work at like 7 in the morning, and there's like 500 people out there wanting autographs. You can't sign, I'm getting to work to get to work. I'm not yeah. like getting there three hours early, you so know? Yeah, of course. So you got to say no to somebody, and whoever you say no to is going to be like, you're a jerk. You can sign yep. one more, yep. but it's always it's one more. Of course, and that so it, it just uh, it's a never-ending cycle. It just never keeps ending. going. So people, th- I've heard people you know, talk bad about Reggie because he ran out of time. And I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> like, do you understand what he goes through? Of and what course. He, you know, and... You can never win. As a pro athlete, yeah,
1: you can never win.
2: It took me a long time to realize you could never make everybody happy. Yeah. So and I, I stopped I, trying. Actually, I get better sleep now. I am <laughs> trying.
1: <anymore. laughs> um, I have a question, and then I'm going to let you go. Um, talk to us a little bit about, about Brett Favre a little bit. How was he, especially during that Super Bowl season, how was it
2: in the locker room? How was he as a person? Like, how was Brett Favre? Practical joker, down to <laughs> earth. One day he'll walk in singing a country song. Next day he'll walk in singing a hip hop song. Next get out thing, of here. hip hop. Brett Favre. Yeah, man. He'll throw some Biggie in there, he'll do whatever. <laughs> you know? But that was who he was. You know, whatever was hot at the time, he's a down to earth guy. You know, Levi's or, or whatever he's endorsing now. But he was just a jeans, flip flop kind of guy. He wasn't going to get you know a T-shirt. Didn't go too much after that. He was a, you know, gave back a lot, but a lot of it you can't talk about. This time he picked me up, Gary, I need you to take a ride with me, and we'll go hang out at there's a place called the First where Well, it used to be a place called the First Intendant, in Green Bay, mm-hmm. and we'll walk in and lock the door, and hear will bartend and serve everybody drinks and uh, throw <laughs> on a social thing, <laughs> and then says, "All right, you can leave. I got the tab." You know, no, you don't hear about that in the new. Well, you never hear
1: the good things. But you, now social media isn't what it is. Yeah. It like? yeah.
2: Yeah, we didn't have social media back then, th- which is probably a good thing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? In this day and age, I would say
2: probably yeah, a good thing. Yeah. But uh, if there's a town to get away with something in there, it, it, it is Green, it's
1: Bay. Green Bay. It's Green Bay. It it's Green, probably yeah, I Green Bay. I have my story. So
2: <laughs> I don't want to uh, uh, uncover anything that's been buried. But, yeah, let's just say I, I, I didn't have to always drive home. I always, Sometimes I got rides home. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but – I want to ask you, because you said you have a couple of Cowboys stories. Obviously, I have been a little bit starved as a Cowboy fan in the last <laughs> yeah. 20 years, to say the least. But you were in and around Green Bay at a time where the Cowboys and Packers saw each other a lot in the playoffs. Uh, the Cowboys were kind of that thorn in your guys' side early on, and then before you guys broke through in 96. Talk about how that was a little bit, kind of, and even in the transition from, like, the Jimmy Johnson era to Barry Switzer. Was there any difference you saw in that team?
2: I think I remember the moment when um – um when uh, Mike Holmgren kind of challenged us to take control of that rivalry because he's from the cuff of that cloth. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole organization is cut from that cloth. And he had to pick his own identity. So we went to go play in Dallas, and we needed to win to make it to the Super Bowl or was a playoff? I mean, make it to the playoffs or was it a playoff game? And I think it was to make it to the playoffs. And uh, we he came there with... All his bikes, you know, he rides Harley. Okay. So they had, like, probably a 50-person Harley rally. They put the, the motorcycles on the plane, brought them over. Shut and up. And they had a ride from the stadium. I mean, from the uh, hotel to the stadium. It was pretty awesome. Wow. But um, Jesus. at that time, and, and, you know, who has the who does donuts that? to ride <laughs> into the stadium on a Harley? You know what I mean? With, like, a rat pack behind you. It was pretty cool. And the bus was behind that, you of know. Of course, of course. But, um. During that game, the funny f- uh, uh, Dallas fan story, there was a husband and wife, and we were losing, and they were heckling me. I'm like, dude, I don't say nothing to nobody. Like, when yeah. I play football, I shut I don't even talk trash. Uh-huh. You talk trash, I wait between the whistle, I hit you in the mouth, and That's then it. you can say what you got to say until yep. the whistle blows again, I'm going to hit you again. So they heckling me. Gary, you suck, and, the, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, what did I do to you guys? <laughs> they just picked me that I was going to be the one they were going to heckle. And we came back. And won the game. Wow. So after the game and this now this these couple, they didn't shut up the whole game. They were like, guy, what'd you do? They're like like from the opening whistle. From the opening whistle. They were like the, I had the security was asking what did I do to them? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell you talking about. <laughs> so the game's over. We had to walk to the locker room, we change, and on our way out the whole stadium's empty. Except and for them. those two are still sitting there and they're not even saying a word to each other. They didn't say anything after we took the lead. In the fourth quarter, they, they didn't shut say up. anything to each other, and they sat there until we walked all the way out. And I'm like.
3: That sounds like me man. watching the Cowboys <laughs> lose to the Rams this year. They in the need playoffs. a life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
3: can relate to that feeling. Yeah. But, but So so in those games, did you get to go up against, like, Charles Haley? Yeah. Was yeah. he as crazy on the field as he's portrayed to be off the field?
2: They are crazy with people there a lot that, that could be a getaway with, the, with. You know, I'm a New Yorker. You know how we mm-hmm. do. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, so these guys, they're really good, and. A good story is like going with, uh, 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 who did I play against in Chicago? And he's a tough guy, you know. He likes to fight everybody, do this. But you hit him in the mouth and, and, and then walk away. and it, it mm-hmm. k- So they get away with it with guys that they can intimidate. Yeah, right. you know, it's But like then bully, you can level, like level like that playing field real quick when yeah. you hit and him in the mouth. If you're acceptable to it or if you give in to it or if you, if you show weakness or fear, then it just puts more gas on the fire. Of course. Say what you want to say. Well me to be me fair, in the, middle. the
4: kid that grew up in, uh, you know, Bumble town Iowa that's never never seen had anyone had, yeah. like test him before. Finally gets tested by a New Yorker. They're gonna go All <laughs> right. Uh,
2: yep. Okay. Guys yeah. that ain't gonna work. We need we need plan B. We need something <laughs> else. That's what happened with Spellman with me and him. He came <laughs> in and the first play of the game. Uh that was actually when uh the rookie got his first start over me and I'm like I was banged up, I was hurt, and I'm like, All right, I get the rest, but I don't wanna go at my starting position. I'm hurt but I don't wanna give it up. Mm-hmm. So they put John Michaels in, and the first play of the game, he hooks off and punches him in the mouth. Boom! He goes down with a bad ankle. They're like, Brown, you're in. We you like, got to get in. I'm like, all right, let's go. So the first play, I saw what he did. First play, I just hesitated for a second, and then as soon as he stalled, I punched him in his mouth. <laughs> and, and it was on from there, and it was like, all right, let's go. And that's when it used to be okay to do. You know, now you right. can't do any of that. But
4: Now you can't even make a motion towards their head.
2: No, I mean, in the line, it still happens. You just can't leave it there and push and keep going because then you're going to get a flag, but you, you got to get hit. It's part of the game.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a part of the game, and being on that Super Bowl winning team and Mike Holmgren as your head coach, well, arguably, I'm not going to say arguably one of the greatest because he's not, but he, he, he's, a, he's a great coach. I love Mike Holmgren, and I'm curious on your thoughts on Mike Holmgren. How was he as a coach? How was he throughout that Super Bowl season as a
2: coach? he's very methodical with everything he says and does he thinks it through like you'll never see him say something and then retract it you know and that's that's very rare Mm because for somebody to talk a lot (laughs) so he's very methodical and prepared at what he wants to say how he says it and to whom he says it to so there's times that he won't even talk to you like it's weird walking past somebody in the hallway and they're not even speaking to you and you work together like you know what i'm saying? So. He says things to people that he needs to say things to, but his mind never turns off. He's always thinking football, football, football. And I think that took away from him a lot when he moved uh, to Seattle to, to take on more. Of course. It's hard, man. That's hard. That's a hard life. What's your for. feeling
1: on Holmgren? Did you, did you enjoy him? Did
2: you enjoy his time? I respected him. Respected him. And that's all you need to do for a coach. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, these coaches that want to be their players' best friends, they're never gonna win. No, a- and only because you're not gonna have that 100% sellout respect of them. Do you
1: see that in today's game with anybody in I,
2: particular? Like I do sometimes. Like you, you, you see I've these got coaches that want to be the the their, their, their you know, best friends. Their best friends, you know. And it's a business, so you it's hard because now you got players making. I can more see than Sean McVay. You but that's see, what I was gonna well, say. No, McVay I was has gonna say that. McVay. McVay does that. He's Everyone all,
3: call me on the first Sean name Sean McVay's basis. my age.
1: He's, well, he's thirty three years old. Sean I'm thirty two. He's my
3: age. So. Yeah, but
1: what? but
2: he's also earned their respect. Right. Like you got to believe, for a coach to work, I don't, you, I don't know. You said thirty three. You guys are young, but there used to be a game when we were younger where you had to set like a game that vibrated. That was our first real electric football. Game. football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and actually had have, to have it. Set I played the it at home. Positions at the bottom to go straight left to right and then you hit the switch, that's where they go. That's what a coach needs his players to do. Right? Don't ask why. Don't ask any questions. I tell you to do this, you should do it with all the confidence in the world to the best of your ability, and I don't care what level this is, high school, college, right. little league, pop, whatever it is. Pee-wee, right. That's what a coach needs you to do as a player. But to do that as a player, you have to believe in what the coach is telling you to do. Now, the coaches that sell their pitch and sell their their, 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 their system – and got you, believing are the coaches that are going to win. You go to Belichick, everybody on that team plus the fans and, and even the guys in the subway believe in everything that he's doing and selling, you know, and that's what their secret is to their success. They be, they got a system that people believe in.
4: Absolutely. Oh, go okay. ahead. Now, I know we were kind of talking. As soon as we mentioned guys that might not have the full respect, and I'm not saying the locker room doesn't respect them, I thought Pete Carroll instantly. Mm-hmm. Instantly, why you think he, he lost tries, it? He you, lost it. But right. you think he
1: because he tries to be friends with them, like the Shermans, and
4: if I let you come, well, it, I don't. If Errol lets us come on here, and you guys have full reign, do whatever, say whatever. I don't care. And we come on here. Well, we I just can't say whatever, but crazy. I could do whatever. Well, right. But if we come on here and start acting like barbarians, how is Errol gonna reel us in? Of course. So the the Legion of Boom was great because they grew together and the camaraderie was there. Once Cam retired and they moved on from Sherman, then you started seeing, oh, man, this this is getting out. This is crazy. If Russell Wilson's not there, this franchise goes in a tailspin.
2: You got a good point. And, and, and I, you're right on. You're so close. I thought you were going to say it. But we're going back to that same thing. The Legion of Boom was the best when they were young and hungry. Yes. But when they got the paydays and, and, and they, they became won, and the they fame the and they became the superstars, yeah. that was the end of it. And it was because they got comfortable. Now they're just worrying about how Pete is coaching and they're worrying about things they shouldn't be worrying about. Right. When they were really good, they were worrying about making a team and doing the best not to let their teammates down. And now they're worrying about everything else, the political standpoint and this, that, and the third. And that's taken away. Now they're in meetings talking about things that aren't about football. Right. And that leads to my other coach, Mike Tomlin. Yeah. And, and you know what? The it's okay with but the younger guys. But he's garnered their respect
1: already. He, he's he earned it. Yeah, I, he's done everything. I think he's lost it, though. No, but you that's lost it point. with a select few. Le'Veon Bell, first of all, is not Mike Tomlin's fault. That's, no, no, Art, no, no, that's Art Rooney's fault. No, no, This agreed. Antonio Brown saga is because he's selfish and because he's egotistical and because he – don't get me you're, wrong. You're forgetting when, the when, biggest parts of the pie. When, when, when he's healthy, he's arguably the best wide receiver in the league. I'm going to take nothing away from that. But it's a team game, like Gary has said. In football, you need everybody together. Right. You need that whole offense together. You need that whole defense together. And Antonio Brown only you're cares so about close. himself.
4: But you're missing the biggest culprit to the pie, Ben Roethlisberger, biggest, biggest egotist on that locker room.
2: I I agree. He's like I don't. He's like I'm too old to deal with this. You deal with it, coach, because you yeah. know him keeping these young guys in line. It's a lot of work. It it's is. a lot of work. And he's like, you know what, dude? You don't whatever. Put any of that on him. Though? Just show up I on put, Sunday and catch the ball, and I'm okay with that. And that's all, really all it should be.
1: I, and don't get me wrong, you want to have camaraderie where you want guys to like each other, but it's already past that to a point with Antonio ba- Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. I don't got to like you. as you show up and do your job and I do my job, that's fine. Well, I, listen, but, listen it, th- except for being a lineman and then being a quarterback and wide receiver, you want to have that connection yeah. with, with your other offensive weapons. It, completely different. But I do understand what you're saying, though, and, and, and what you're speaking. But, but I just know if I was a quarterback, I would want to be in sync with – uh, all my wide receivers,
5: Tomlin, all my weapons. Tomlin deals with it because of the production on Sunday. If that production ends, then we're not talking about this, and they're gone. Uh, and Tony Brown is gone. He's, uh, this he, is, he's gone. This anyway. is he's all he's gone.
4: He's
5: as good as very, very rightly so. But there's also a chance. I mean, there's now there's talking that they might. Uh, you know, they they don't want to trade him now and all that. I seen that, but. You know, we'll. See, you I mean, to? we'll see. I mean, time heals everything. We'll see if you know. Winning heals everything. Winning. Well, yeah. And and they've been a winning franchise. They've 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 they, they haven't had a lo- good, they haven't had a losing. Yeah, yeah. I. That agree. Raven
4: team's gonna be good.
5: But I mean, you know, there's a lot of egos in that in that locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean, between right. you know about there's a lot of alphas too. Yeah, a lot of, of Brown, Big Ben, Juju. Um, everyone Juju's wants J- him. No,
1: but but Juju's not there. He's still a young talent. He, like you see, well, right, what he, he's hungry right now. Well, yeah, like he he's said, in he's the hungry. Early he, part he, of his he, career. But you know what? Who knows how he's going to turn out? He might not turn out like these guys. He might be a level-headed kid his entire career, like the Jerry I Rices hope, of I the think world. So. I hope so too. I love Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Talk about since a guy came, who came into
3: the league on a bike.
1: He came from one of my favorite teams in, in USC. I loved watching him at USC. Uh, when, when he was playing wide receiver, especially that last year that he had with Sam Darnold and what they did to Penn State in that Rose Bowl game. It was it was magical. It was unbelievable. But Juju Smith-Schuster is not there, and I pray to God he never gets to Antonio Brown's egotistical, selfish ways because that's bad. And I'm going to tell you a quick story about Juju Smith-Schuster. He was here on Long Island in the summer, and because Pittsburgh, they do, like, uh, training camp out here, like, close to the city, like, maybe Hostra or whatever. So he was staying out of house in uh, – in Huntington, and my buddy owns a restaurant over here in Bayshore called The Lake House. He rolls up to to The Lake House, to the restaurant, and nobody knows who he is He because, again, what is this, his second year right. in, in in the league? You got to so be like a diehard yeah, guy. Right. And, and and he didn't have that big of a first year to be like, hey, like, right. you know, like I'm a superstar. So he was level-headed, but he come all decked out in a, in a really nice car, they said. And he bought everybody at the bar drinks because he stayed there for a drink, and then he had dinner with whoever he he was with, and he left, like, a $300 tip. That's what you want to see. You see what he's doing now. He helps out his community. He helps out everybody. Like, it's great to see from Juju Smith-Schuster and what he's doing for the community, number one, and just for that. And for that, I don't think he's going to turn into Antonio Brown. I think he's going to (laughs) be a very level-headed guy, and I think he could eventually – be better than antonio brown
4: i agree i think he's already better than Antonio. i don't brown. think he's
1: better than Antonio. the brown.
4: offense is running through him now
1: we, we we could argue about that another day because I, I, we still have gary brown from the green we Bay do Packers still have gary brown i i i i get the vibe that he's thoroughly enjoying all this stuff I so, hope so i am uh, i um, hope so we are very glad that you're here so back to tell us like, what's a regular practice day like? Like, what, how, when do you start your day? When do you end your day? Like, how is it in the NFL? Because I'm curious myself.
2: It's a work schedule. Um, and, and this is what I talk to a lot of the kids about. And I'm sure things have changed with the, uh, you know, with all the collective agreement, and, a, and a bargaining agreement, and too many hours. But we used to start at like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Really? You know, so our day off was usually a Tuesday. So okay. you play Sunday. Um, Depending on how you did, win or loss depends determines on how Monday's gonna be. But you should always get out and run. After you get banged up and bruised up, you should run out the soreness the next day.
1: Oh, you don't go into like the pools, like the whirlpools or anything. Yeah, but
2: that's after you run it out. Oh, <laughs> so you get out, you run, you get the blood pumping, and then, then you know, have meat. you watch film on the game to uh, that you just played, get it, digest it, get rid of it. No matter how good, no matter how bad. It's over. Do it, get your lessons out of it and done with it. Mm-hmm. Put it to the garbage, and then you start. You go out and run, and then you come back in, and we start the <coughs> preparation for the next week. We start watching film on our opponents, or our defense, or whatever. Just get the game plan together. Tuesday you're off. Wednesday starts. Your Wednesday, Thursday are your hard days. Those days will run from seven in the morning to Jeez. about six or seven in the evening. Jesus. But after everything, you know, you're gonna have. You walk into a meeting, then you have breakfast, then you go back into your special teams meeting, then you go to um, on-the-field walkthroughs of what you just learned in your special teams and your offensive line meeting. Then you come off the field, you have lunch, and you go back on the field with pads on, and now you have a full two-and-a-half-hour practice. Then you come off the field and you watch film on your whole practice and what you did in the morning, and then you start watching film for tomorrow with new plays. And then in the morning, you do the same thing over again. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you dial it back. Saturday, you have the starting lineup and everything, and the practice walkthroughs, and walkthroughs and like that. And then, and that's your travel day I, as well.
1: I always wondered what it's like being an NFL player. Like, what, what, what's your schedule like and everything? Like, it's, it's nice to hear like what it's like and what they go through and stuff with the meetings, with the practices, pads, no pads, it's, and weight room, all that stuff. Yeah.
2: Plus, you still got workouts and you of got, course, training, yeah. you got all these things. And, and back when I played, we used to go in. I went into my first training camp and the first day they give you a loose leaf, like, you know, a binder. Jeez. And you get a binder and it's empty. And your first day's plays come, it's probably about this thick, probably about 10, 15 plays. Holy God. All this stuff. Okay. And you're like, whoa, this is a lot of stuff to learn in a couple right of weeks. Right of off And they're like, no, weeks, you need to know this by tomorrow. <laughs> uh, tomorrow night you get another stack just <laughs> like that. And then on the third day, you get another stack another just like one. that. And then for your first week, you this book is gonna be full. Wow. And when they call a play, you better it, know. You, you got to know because if you go, if I mess up, uh, they don't care about me messing up. Gary, you're wasting all of these guys' time. That guy right there makes a, a couple of million dollars. You're wasting his time because you don't know to play. Yeah. Get it right. You uh, know what I mean? And, and that's how the pressure coaches is. were ruthless. Is basically what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's an ugly business, and, and and it sucks because i was such a fan of football that now that I see the business side of it, which it is kind all of, it is now, it kind of you no, know, ruins it for me a little bit. A so little bit, of course, because it's not—it's not about the game anymore. No, and when I watch sports now, I look at the business side of it before I look at the fan side of it. It's hard for me just to enjoy. And then when you listen to sports talk radio and, and the ESPN and all these things, you kind of like, damn, that sucks, man. You know what I mean? Because of if you just take all that out and go back to playing on the playground, that's when it was the most rawest, authentic fun. You know that—that that was yep. when it was really fun. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back
1: from break, we're going to talk about this year's Super Bowl a little bit as we still have Gary Brown from the Green Bay Packers here. So we're going to get into that. I'm curious to hear what he has to say about this year's Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into that when we come back at Sports on the Go 1.
0: This this is Long Island's own Sports Radio Network. Sports Sports on on the Go 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 1 Radio You you are listening to the 3rd and Long Show, and here's your host, Matty
1: Kaff. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Sports on the Go 1 studio. It's 3rd and Long. You have myself, Tyler, Vinny, and of course, Green Bay Packers Super Bowl winning offensive tackle. Mr. Gary Brown here in the studio as well.
4: He should have probably been mentioned first. Well, you know. He is by far the most famous of anyone here.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. That's, uh, that's true. And
4: he's got a ring bigger than all
1: three of us. Yeah, 100% true. So, going to take the nothing way, away from that. Can I, like, hold that thing later? Of course you can. It pr- it, you probably might not be able to. It would probably waste If too you much. could catch,
2: I would throw it over there. But <laughs> he can't. He can't. I don't want to hey. tackle anybody right hey, now. Hey, no. hey, hey. He can't. He hey, can't.
1: I got good hands. Nah. <laughs> Mom, my strong hand. My strong hand. <laughs> but um, we you actually uh, Butterfingers in high school. And we're going to get into the Super Bowl right now and all that stuff. But I do have a question from a fan here. And it's a little much. And it has to do with CTE and stuff. And... <laughs> Jeff from Tampa wants to know what level of CTE do you think John Fogarty who is sitting next to you, has? <laughs> <laughs> this is what he does. He 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 comes up with jokes about, uh, like I said, every single person and whatnot. So he, <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I'll have him see you. my doctor and see what he <laughs> says. <laughs> but um,
4: yeah, that folks, you can get help. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there's still time. There's there still, time. still time. <laughs> but uh, talking about the Super Bowl and of course the Super Bowl is this weekend. And is it? It, it it it's really still Damn. aggravating me. Like Sean Payton finally came out of his house after three days and whatnot. Apparently there was a big news story about it. And let me just ask you this: eating before eating we get into up. the Super Bowl, before we get into the Super Bowl, I'm a Saints fan. Do you the think the New Orleans Saints were screwed royally? Let yes. It, yes. Like big 100%. time. Like blown. Yes. Like awful. Like you've never seen anything like that before.
2: I haven't seen anything like that. Blatant and alone. And, and you, know, you can't. It's a human error, so you don't know. To what extent it is, but what we seen and what we saw, it, it not was only was the blame;
5: it was blamed to cost the game. Yeah, <laughs> and, and <laughs> like
2: but my thing is this: you have all this technology with cameras and, and and speed and slowing things up and live and real time. This real time that, why can't you use the real time stuff to get it right? I I, I get it right. I think
1: Goodell's going to have to do
2: something. Take it out of the hands of uh, 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 of a human error and get it right. You know, a, a, and you work your butt off. Making it to where they made it to, with the you know Drew Brees being the age that he is and the whole nine yards, that is a milestone. And to 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 blow it or to lose it on an unforced error by somebody else that had nothing to do with your team, you know, Kansas City got screwed over a bad over a call that they you know probably lined up all, all game the, in the neutral um, zone. But you know, that's something that they could have avoided. You know, right. that of course, said. but. This one was something that had nothing to do with them. You know, this was a, a call that should have been called. It was obvious. Even when they didn't call it, it should be corrected. And then play it out, you know. Um, you, you work your butt off to get there. Let, let, let's at least me keep it fair and keep it honest. You now, know? Gary, of talking course.
5: about the Super Bowl, you know, the teams are now in Atlanta now. Now, I'm taking you back to Super Bowl 31 when you guys were in New, or- it was New Orleans. are correct? Yes, sir. New Orleans. Now, they say it's just another game. They say they play it like it's another week, another game. But, obviously, it's a Super Bowl. You're in New Orleans. You're in a different, you know, different city. It's not just another game. Uh, how, how was it, the preparation, the week before? And, it's you know, do you remember up. the game and just how, cra- how different it was in a regular game? The, so, just go over the preparation, and was it different? Did you do anything different going up to the Super Bowl, or did you play it like it was a, a regular game?
2: Well, you get two weeks of practice prior to that. So, our first week before the Super Bowl was getting our affairs in order before we travel, but the whole entire week was dedicated to the basics. Going back to week one in training camp and doing things like that. You would be amazed at how simple the game is, but you get so it gets so complex you forget about the little things. You know, your little six inch step, hands inside, catching the ball with two hands, you know, keeping the ball high and tight, three points of pressure, all of these little things that you forget about because you get the game gets so much bigger than that but it, resol- it revolves right back to that like my era th- the game was much different these kids can't tackle these days no <laughs> I think running backs and from back then would run 300 yards per game because nobody nobody you can't tackle somebody with just hitting them with a shoulder if you're not wrapping up they're not going down and now everybody gets tackled with just a bump but um that's another whole story uh so the game, and I talked to little kids about this as well. Oh, you played in the Super Bowl. What's the biggest advice? The basics. The basics, the basics. What you so learned, don't change anything up, really. What you learned in Pop Warner, what you learned in junior high school in high school and college is just as important when you get to the NFL. That's one. And two, you want to keep the week preparation before the game, you want to keep it as close to normal as possible. A lot of guys are But I'm sure they go out
5: uh, you know, during the week, do they?
2: Yeah, but you go out during the week when, okay. you know. So you just
5: anything, you keep you your ritual.
2: You try and keep it, to, uh, whatever you do before, you want to keep it the same. So that's why a lot of teams travel the same time uh, the week before game. If mm-hmm. they got to travel no matter where they are, they want to be practicing and in the hotel and dinner and everything the same exact time so that you get used to it. So there's nothing new. Eating an hour later is not going to make you – you know, have indigestion an hour later at night and interrupt your sleep and then mess up your morning and then you're going into the game with a bad ma- bad mind. You know, right. so you try and get everything as close to normal and as close to a, a regimen as possible. Do
5: you remember the atmosphere and what it was like? You know, the st- uh, national anthem. Who, you know who remember did remember did wild. the national
2: anthem? I don't remember who did the national anthem. I, I, you know, the Super Bowl. You said how it felt. It didn't sink in until probably. After we got back to Green Bay, after the parade, after everything, and then the adrenaline finally calms down. Even being there after, I'm like, we just how were the parties go. that night? That's what I want to know. Oh, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Uh, first of all, New Orleans is already a party. Yeah, of yeah. course, you yeah. Do you can go there on oh Wednesday? And, and, Wednesday. and, you and, yeah, and now, and now I just won a Super Bowl, so and and now we just won a Super Bowl. Did I can you do go whatever to whatever Disneyland? <laughs> No, no
1: quarterbacks go <laughs> to. No, it was quote, uh, Desmond
2: Howard. He got the MVP. De- De- yes. De- Desmond Howard. You I remember, remember
5: those, uh, those, uh, the punt return, right? He yeah. had the touchdown.
1: Yeah. But, but, um, talking about this now, getting on to this Super Bowl and whatnot again, what do you think about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick as a whole? And do you think people overreacted when they said their time was done? And stuff because throughout this entire season, I'm sure I don't know if you were listening to or hearing anything, but everyone was saying the New England Patriots—they're done. They they lost games they shouldn't have. You the, did um, Tom, Tom. What? I'm just kidding. Tom Tom Brady looks old. He looks like he can't do this. And now look at them. They're, again, they're one game away. He's 41 years old. Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest coach of all time. I mean, what do you th- what do you say to people or think about like stuff like that?
2: Um... I told you my feelings already that I, I've hated them so much that <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually a fan of theirs now because Belichick has one of the best systems that I've ever seen, um, and Brady fits into it great. And as far as they're done, they've been saying that their last two Super Bowls that they won. Right. you know, Oh, they're done, they're no, they start out slow, and then things fall into place. Uh, and by midseason, nobody wants to see them. Um, I thought they, I, I didn't think they were going to win last week. Um, no matter what happened in the oh, game, either did Vinny. they pulled it out, <laughs> yep. you know? And so you gotta, they say, uh, it's better to be lucky than good. So I, I think that Belichick has one of the best systems I've ever seen. Um, probably one of the best coaches that ever coached the game, um, but uh, and
1: he's been all over the place too, from the Browns to the Jet. He's been well, all over. You the can't pra- say like the
2: Jet. He was there for twenty four hours. But back. I'm just saying. But it's like a relationship. They yeah. say your, your last relationships get you ready for your next relationship. So right. all these relationships he had is what made him that marriage over there work so well. Because he knows what he wants. He knows what he doesn't want. And yeah.
4: you actually mentioned LT earlier in the show, and it's oddly enough, he was there for when LT of started to really
1: take off into <laughs> yeah. a who he was
4: the greatest linebacker of all time yeah yeah
1: he, he listen he could have a part in that and that's the whole thing so talking about this oh. year, this weekend super bowl who do you like and why and i know i i, I mean i you probably don't want to say the rams because again being in the
2: nfc green bay who knows no i'm gonna say the rams i'm gonna say it loud and proud yeah I, really I would, like, I would like for the rams to win i really would really Interesting. I, to, I, I believe in spreading the wealth and i believe in you know I just think Tom everybody Brady's works destined. their butt off Agreed. to get there, and, and nobody, you know, sells themselves so short. Uh, you know, first place and last place doesn't mean they worked any harder or any worse. Their one plan wasn't, didn't work out the way the other one did. That's one. But um, Tom Brady and Belichick had their share run, man. They had their fair run, and, and I think it's time for new blood. And I like that the you know the Rams moved in and, and you know with but them they shouldn't
1: have even been in this game to begin with. The, no, they the, should the not Rams. have.
2: No, they should not have. But they're there. Neither should the Patriots. So yeah, <laughs> they,
1: yeah. Well, whoa, wait, 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 wait. To say the Patriots don't belong there. Did you watch the first half of the Kansas City game? They dominated every which way. Patrick Mahomes had 33 and then they,
5: yards. And then they scored 31 points on 32 plays. Hey, uh,
1: listen, yeah, I'm Pat not taking Mahomes nothing away. Patrick Mahomes was shook. And they I had to it out. And, in the first half, yeah. He looks very
4: shook in the first half of big games. He didn't have the ball. In every primetime game. Well, to be Belichick
2: sure. is a vi- the, the, the keys to Belichick's success is we're in time of possession. That's putting drives together. And they want to make sure they have more opportunity than the other team does have to score. And they
5: take their main guy away. And
2: no matter what your What's your 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 powerhouse of your offense is they attack that first. Of course. Yeah. But, more, but more importantly, he attacks that and they give you the light that, you know, he stops this one from running. And says, No, go do that over there. That's and what's open. That's what and he is. waits for you to do it mm-hmm. so he could jump on you again. But that's the that's his style so of coaching. S- so
1: if you were a head coach, how would you attack Tom Brady
2: and Bill Belichick? Unorthodox. Whatever I normally do, I do the total opposite. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest with you, that's why Philly won the Super Bowl last year.
1: Oh, that's what I've been saying. I've been telling all my friends is that, like, it's kind of funny and stuff because, like, obviously people do Super Bowl boxes and everyone gets crappy numbers, but if you realize – Something funny always happens. We see a safety in the beginning of the thing, like you see so many unorthodox a stuff. A bad snap, a bad snap, but you you see Nick Foles catching a touchdown pass last Tom Brady year, dropping a pass. Tom Brady, but
5: you see, and you see McVay's not afraid to do that. Oh, he did the not, fake pass, but don't you think?
1: But don't you think that Tom, uh, Bill Belichick no, no, is going to be on this? year you're, you're giving arguably the greatest coach of all time. Two and weeks. don't get me wrong, Sean McVay. He could be, when it's all said and done, he could be the greatest coach of all time in every aspect, Stop. wins, everything. He's 33 years old, Stop. and look what he's doing. Uh, don't be he naive. Can be. He he's, can 30, be. he's 33 years is old, and look what he's he doing. He said Stop he can it. Be. So
4: yeah. I could. Uh, the queen could be king if she had balls. All but right.
1: I'm <laughs> going I'm, I'm, I'm to come back to you and your nonsense. He's 33 years old. But it's a teacher. Versus the student, and you're giving arguably the greatest coach of all time two weeks to prepare for you guys. I think that's
5: all blown on over proportion. Listen, two you weeks. think
1: everything's blown no, over no, no, proportion? No, 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 no. Bill five, Belichick's okay, the greatest coach. They're five coach. and three He's in the Super Bowl.
5: Correct. They're five and three. They could easily be three and five. And all these could, these could easily But they were two plays seven, away yeah, from being seven, seven and, and one.
1: It could change everything. But oh.
5: all all these has had the Patriots blown out. Anyone in the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, I would have to look at those. No, they have. No, they, they have. They've gotten blown out. So, the, so where are those? Marcus. So where? How
5: did those two weeks have done? I mean, that, that's it's so blown on propor- over proportion to me. It, honestly. It's all
1: about little prep work for these guys. It's all it's always about the little things. S- close
5: games, um, you know, back and forth. Last last. Vinny, um, Vinny last I'll, be, year. I'll
1: bet you money right now. I'll bet you a hundred dollars right now. The New England Patriots cover. Uh, the spread's only three. I bet you they win by six or more. Ooh. I bet you the New England I Patriots win by 6 be close more. I don't know if you'll I agree with you. I I I I just I I I I believe in destiny and i think tom brady with the way this season has gone and bill belichick with but you this also said the Patriots were going to win last year of course but so <laughs> did everybody in america I to be honest with you well, to oh, be stop. fair
4: tom brady had the greatest super
1: bowl performance we've probably he seen he threw for ever. 500 yards against the philadelphia eagles who had one of the top defenses last year and
5: and, need, and the, the year before that they needed what 24 25 they were down what how much so many points. 28, 28 to three. Three. it was a great comeback to but i mean h- h- how was that preparation in the first half
1: listen it happens <laughs> i'm talking well, about right. the preparation the in the second yeah.
2: half <laughs> That
5: well, that's, half is that's the more. That's more. Ever. That's more in Atlanta than New England to me. Well, of course, me. Oh, I, I, I agree with that, that too.
4: I mean, sure, but to say New England had nothing to do with creating their own brand, well, you will
5: have to come back about that. But that I mean, Atlanta laid a dud in that second half. Agreed. They lost that game more than New England won that. To me, yeah,
2: Can, yeah. Hey, hey, I, I had that I conversation agree. earlier, and it, what happened in that game was they, they played scared. They played not. No, to, they went into the halftime. High-fiving and cheering and over. saying, yeah, yeah. It's it over. happened to me. At Georgia Tech, we played Florida State when Charlie Ward was a quarterback. and all these teams. Heisman. The and Heisman. This, I mean, this team was stacked. How great they was he in college? Derek Brooks, Alexander, all these guys. Derek Brooks is a beast. It's unbelievable the stacked team they have. So this was the to beat us by like 50 points. That's when Florida State was out its best. And we played Thursday night. Came out Thursday night. Our team was so scared. I'm like, guys, relax. It's a game. Let's go out here, give it your best, and, and let's go. We were in at halftime winning by like twenty-something points. We went in, everybody's high five. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, guys. We got a whole half to play. What are right. we high fiving? And then they came right. out. What are we changing? What are we what are we working on? What are we right. what didn't we do well? What did we do well? Nope. Everybody's in there. Yeah, shaking yeah. lockers, I, 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 I'm edge.
4: not gonna lie, I'd be with him.
2: But yeah! that <laughs> but that that takes the edge off. That takes that's that little bit of umph off of focus. So now it's hard to refocus. And those guys went into the locker room pissed, listening to their coach listening to what was going on, what did we do right, what did we do wrong, and we came out, and they methodically kicked our butts. <laughs> and they methodically came back and won in the fourth quarter, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And, and you talk and about I, that time. How much were you up at, at, at half? Hurts, by like 20-something points, 23 maybe. Well, in and college it was, it's I, different, though. You could come back from 20 points in a quarter. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it was. we lost sh- that game sh- mentally. It should never happen. It yeah. didn't even matter they what happened on the field. You know what I mean? And then one punch in the mouth, and before you know it, it's all over. And you're like, wait a minute, hold on, what What just just happened? happened? (laughs) So, you know, everybody has a game plan to get hit in the mouth. Of course. So, my thing with the Rams is they have young, a lot of talent, their first time going. And actually – I think they're
5: more talented than the Patriots. They definitely are. They definitely are.
2: But the only thing the Patriots have going for them, the organization has been there. This They're used to it. This. this is like another yes, Sunday yes. game to them. That's yes. what they have going for them.
4: The Rams haven't been in the Super Bowl since they lost
2: to the Packers. Oh, I was going to say Patriots. I don't know. I, I didn't know. I just guessed. <laughs> oh, all right. You pointed at me, so I said Packers. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. no, no
4: that, that's, that, that's a fair plug. But, um, I, uh, I apologize. Definitely.
2: Uh, I, 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 like, I would like the Rams to win. I think they have the talent and the skill and all of that stuff to do it. Mike Guido, but stop asking questions. I had to bet money. I would never bet against Belichick. <laughs> You know, if that makes any of sense. Of course.
1: That, that's that been my M.O. I never bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I never bet against Peyton Manning. And I used to Why never Why would you be-
2: not bet against Peyton Manning? Because Peyton Manning, I, I love Peyton He's the most Peyton, overrated I lo- I quarterback I've, I've ever seen.
4: I love Peyton no. Manning. Thank no. You. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah,
2: His
5: playoff
4: no. resume speaks volumes. But you. he
2: changed the way the game of quarterback is played. Nobody that's played fine. the game Wait. like that.
4: No, I agree, but. I'm not saying he's not top 10, but he's not the greatest quarterback, I think. Of no, he's
2: not the greatest quarterback of all time. Who
4: is yours? Because I know it's not Brady, and I know
2: it's not Manning. No, I will have to I go write. back to before my before my – if Before it's Aaron Rodgers, I'm out of here. No, 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 no,
4: no, no, no. I, I'd have to jump in the garbage yeah, can. I would, I to, I would say
2: Brett Favre, only because that's biased. I mean, oh, I no, have to no, that. that's fine. i Favre over Rodgers. there are some, court, you know, the 80s, those quarterbacks. Montana? Marino? Uh, 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 First uh, of all, Joe, uh, Joe,
1: Joe Montana, four Super Bowls, four rings, four MVPs.
2: I mean, I put in it's Montana. a different world, man. These guys will come off the field with... You know, a, after a thumb in the eye, a bloody lip, a broken finger, Come right back and in. they're still playing quarterback. Right. Meanwhile, you can't even touch a quarterback since you know for the last ten years. How about that phantom a- call it's on a, uh, Tom Brady it's, it's another. You <laughs> oh, know,
1: let me ask you this because I'm I'm curious to know what you have to say about this. Kansas City had the game in their hands. They had that interception at the end.
2: At, at the oh, end, don't. what
1: would you, what would you have to what would you say? To
2: D de- Ford a- a- after that how do situation. You, how is that possible? And there's nothing to say. It, it's it's <laughs> no. I, I don't mean it like that. i just curious. As a, as an athlete, as a team player, there is something that everybody on that team could have did to not put them in that situation to need that play. So right. that's just the play that showed its face at the end of the game. But there's many. There's other drop balls. There's other missed uh, reads. There's other. Of uh, you know. Of course. So of course. As an athlete. Yeah, but that
1: game that game was over. if
2: Because that was an interception, obviously. Yes, it was definitely. And, but he lined up off sides. Like, and the I, neutral zone. And, but yeah. you also. You can ask the ref. It could also be one We're, of those things that he lined up like that all game long. Of course. And so. then that's just when they called it. Of and course. let's know. not forget, Gronk dropped the ball that was picked off. It's not like Braves right. threw it avidly. So, right. Gronk makes the catch. So, it, it's, it's, it's so many different scenarios that play out. What happened to play before that? You know what I mean? So, that's what he you only, would yeah. never. You would never blame, as a as a, f- a team person, you would never blame one play because you had 130 plays to do something different. Mm. Not <laughs> just one play that didn't go your way. You know of what course, I mean? Of course. How about that
5: roughing the passer on um, <laughs> <laughs> You see That's
2: the roll of the eyes on it? That prima donna. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he got...
5: He barely got a finger on him, right? And it was no, he slapped
2: him. He,
4: it was a clean are slap. That was no, bogus. No, 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 no. it was bogus. I'm <laughs> just saying it was a slap. He slapped
2: him. Yeah, but what was the penalty? Yeah, roughing oh. the passer.
4: <laughs> I mean, listen, I think, H- it's, helmet, I think the refs hit, from hit the Rams and Saints if, game should have went to Kansas City. If you're not allowed to do that,
2: then what are you allowed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> exactly. hit somebody in the
4: head when they're trying to make a
2: catch. That wasn't even enough for two-hand touch. Yeah, he still would have been down. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. But my key to success for the Rams are going to be okay. pressure on Brady.
1: Yeah, but uh, uh which Aaron is Donald, 100% Aaron sure. Donald, do. Donald
2: and Sue, a hundred percent. And you if know, that Sue is get, on
1: another planet.
2: You don't right have now. to sack him. You don't have to. Uh, you just got to disrupt him. Yep. Get his feet moving. Get him out of being comfortable and frustrated. I think. And if you could do that with a four to five man rush, then you got to you, your odds of being successful against the But you want to
1: know what's so tough about that is Kansas City's uh, front line it was the top. Team in sacks and hitting and pressuring the quarterback. They were number one in the league and they didn't do it one time but to the But, but this is different so because
5: down. because Donald and Sue are on the inside more. And, and you want Listen, that pressure I going understand. up the middle? I love Aaron on Donald. Against Brady. one of the
1: best guards in football. I love Aaron Donald and Shaq Mason, that draft pick they had last year or mm-hmm. two years ago, has been unbelievable. Can't take anything away from uh, the New England offensive line. But again, I love Aaron Donald. I love Indomica Sue and all that. But when you have the number one rated front four and number one in sacks and number one in QB hits and you get zero on Tom Brady, that says a You're lot more about the offensive line right. of New England. So that's what than the Rams says. need to do. I yeah, mean, but I think, like, It's going to be even tougher. It's going to be even tougher. And you don't think. Right that Tom Brady knows what that – and that's, that's the M.O. If you get to Tom Brady, you're beating the New England Patriots. It's not even a question that's if what you the get Giants to Tom Brady. That's yes, the, exactly. That's I what th- the f- uh, Eagles did.
2: I think that's two different – they went two different styles because I don't think that K- Kansas City went after him. They have said these receivers – So what do you think? They sat a prevent be, defense a lot? They, they, they the zone, rushed right? with the three guys. And they played underneath, which is Tom Brady's favorite. Prevent defense. Dump, yeah. dump, 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 and they hit them big. Mm-hmm. And they laid off of that. And they said, when these guys catch the ball, we're gonna light them up. And if they catch it, they're gonna get three or four yards. They're not gonna that's get it. fifteen right. and twenty-five. And that's how they I just saw game.
1: every play: a slant up the middle, slant up the middle, eight, nine yards every time. Oh, and that. then in that overtime game, every time, every time they got the possession, it was always third down in eight, nine, ten, eleven, and they converted every single yeah. one. Right. It's not like they got stopped. Every single one was converted.
4: Well, look at look at who he's thrown. Gronk is arguably one of the hardest guys to tackle in the NFL Agreed. when he's healthy. Julian Edelman is one of the toughest guys to tackle in the Problem, NFL. Might, might
1: be one of the best playoff uh, wide receivers that of we've seen. <laughs> yeah. Of all that, time. Of all time. His seen.
4: postseason resumes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah.
1: he Amazing. could be the sure. worst all season, and then when it comes to the postseason, it's like a flip of the switch. He's unbelievable.
4: And I, I'm i a huge Josh Gordon fan. You can't tell me. Josh They're all Gordon. upset. They're all Josh upset. Josh Gordon right now is probably licking Kicking his himself. lips. Next, well, he's gonna come back next year. They're saying, if he comes if back next year, to. no, he will.
5: Look at his no lips. Was it due to the drugs or? <laughs> <it> oh, that's, <laughs> not, that's, that's, that's not nice.
4: That's <laughs> not nice, jo- Mr. Flash. Please feel free to call me. I'll, I I'll, love
1: Josh Gordon. Josh, he, he, he's, he's a top fantastic. five receiver. He's fantastic. And got him for nothing. He's fantastic. So
4: I, listen, he's gonna come back. Brady's gonna hit so many deep balls next year. It's not
2: gonna be funny. To Brady's retiring after he wins the Super Bowl. You think so? <laughs> no. I'm uh, I was going to say, he no. came back and said no, he's no. coming back. He, he looks good, good, man. He's eating that grass-fed stuff. man. Well, if I was <laughs> going home
1: to Giselle every night, too, I would be –
2: Hey, hey, yeah. hey, I hey, did hey, that hey, diet. Hey, your fiancé's watching, guy. That's I did that rate. diet once, man. I did it for like <laughs> a month and a half. I'm like, yo, more power to you, buddy. Yeah. You need, uh, eventually you need red yeah, meat, anything. Tom Brady. No, he doesn't do any. All the stuff is that grass, the, you know, yep. or what yeah. yeah, man, I had some bread from there, and I'm not knocking anybody that does it, but I couldn't tell, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So it I, feed, I always humanity. feed the birds, you know, course, whenever yeah. I got something going bad, I throw it out for the birds. I put this bread out for the birds, and like a month later, the bread is still there. The Damn. birds didn't eat it, the squirrels didn't eat it, nobody ate it. I'm like, I'm not eating this stuff anymore, man.
1: <laughs> if they're not going to eat it, which if they, they the eat, animals. And the animals will
2: eat anything. And I'm in the hood, man. And the, the squirrels <laughs> in my hood, they'll take your car, you know? <laughs> yeah, these guys don't even eat the bread. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. You, know, you kidding me. What's in this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Don't. I don't want to touch this. Don't want to <laughs> touch this. But,
1: yeah, talking about this this Super Bowl, again, you, we know how I feel. I'm going to get more in-depth tomorrow, obviously, on the Pick'em Show. But You I just, go in-depth? I just feel like Tom Brady is destined to win this Super Bowl just, just because of the way how this season went. And, again, I just still don't believe that the L.A. Rams belong here in the Super Bowl. They got lucky on yep. having – now let me ask you You're this. Talk about
4: destiny though—that
1: could help the Rams let, too. Let, let me I ask you to this. I want to say I'm
2: betting my all my money on the Rams now.
1: I'm <laughs> not a mush. I'm not a mush.
2: That man over there—you want to do the opposite of what he says. He's the mush.
1: But you look at that Rams—that Saints Rams uh, that games. There was four refs from the L.A. area. One of them played for the Rams in 1971. Wow. Who was that side judge right there, right in front of him? That could have just went. Picked it up and threw out his flag, but he oh, didn't. He went tell like me that this. Has
4: nothing to do with
1: but that's but that's my question to you is, I, I I know it's like a tough situation and stuff, and I don't know if you could really like speak about it. But during your playing time and stuff, and even nowadays, do you see the game being compromised possibly about shaving points or stuff like that in that instance?
2: I oh I get this question all the time, and I and I tell everybody. If it's something like wrestling or boxing, that's like a one-on-one thing. I think it's possible, it's uh-huh. doable. But for one, what are you gonna? If I'm the quarterback, or uh, I'm gonna I'm first of all, you gotta be a uh, high position to be able to of uh, change the course of the game. Of course. So you're making millions of dollars, okay? What is it that a bookie or somebody is gonna pay me to compromise? That maybe compromise my game if I'm in that situation. So all right, let's just say Tom Brady, for example. How much can you offer me outside of my salary and already what I'm gonna get paid for winning this game right. that's gonna make a difference? That's gonna make or it yeah, worth even that make it worth it. it for me to even entertain the idea that right. if I'm in that position, I'm gonna do this. Of course. What can you and then how are you gonna raise that money? You know what I'm saying? Are you gonna make up thirty million dollars that oh, we're gonna pay you ten million dollars to blow this game? Right. Why are you going to pay? I, I'm making $20 million to win the game. What the hell is wrong yeah, with you? Exactly. So, how do you, and then if that's the case, how do you dictate it to where it's actually got a chance of being successful? Because you could tell him to throw an interception, but what if you run the ball and he runs it in for a touchdown? That's out Absolutely. of your hands. I still want my check. Of right. course. You know what I mean? So, how does that work? So, I mean, I don't see it personally. But do you think it's weird that it was
1: four guys from L.A. being the referees? in that particular area, and having a guy that actually played for the Rams be a referee in that game? That's like,
2: pretty odd. It, and it, it's, it's, a,
1: it's, it's like a conspiracy thing. And
2: so, it's not just their fault. It's also the fault of the people who picked the refs. Goodell.
1: Yeah. I, I, you I, know I, what I mean? I don't Thank blame you. anybody but the NFL higher-ups. And our higher-ups
2: suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the first one <laughs> out of Roger all professionals. Oh, my God. The cheerleading team has a better union than we do. Like, yeah. we... Uh, <laughs> don't, don't don't even get you started <laughs> it's horrible between Goodell and the nflpa and all the other uh, things that we have everybody's you know under under the table doing this and doing that and it all sucks for the players of course you know and and that's and another whole, that. that's another whole 2 hour conversation yeah.
4: i'm glad you mentioned roger dell's name because it kind of ties in obviously um this is the last one before well, we got to go when going. we go shaving uh, we were just talking about shaving points and everything like that i think You can attest to this. As an athlete, I think Tom Brady at this point is thinking about his legacy as a whole when he leaves the game. So I don't think – I mean, a player of that magnitude could – sure, absolutely. Now, on the flip side of that, Drew Brees, I think if Brees wins two Super Bowls, he's in that argument of greatest of all time. He's going to have passing yards. Depending on how long he plays, he could have the touchdowns go along with it. He's got a Super Bowl, so it's not like he's like Marino where you hold that against him. He does have the one – you can't tell me Roger Goodell doesn't know if L.A. wins and goes to the Super Bowl. The NFL makes more money in the L.A. area, which let's not, let's not lie about this. L.A. is the West Pintan Coast area. version of New York. It mm-hmm. is the second biggest conglomerate city in the, in the United States.
2: that marketing all day. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. It's huge.
4: Now, obviously, you kind of alluded to my question already, which was, you know, the Union sucks and Roger Dell's making money under the table and everything like that. Do you think the NFL is being, I don't want to say held back, but kind of,
0: black I think man, I, black I, I, I think the
4: NFL is completely black-eyed from having Roger Goodell in office.
2: All Do day. you think it takes somebody else to get Goodell out? Well, Goodell is a black eye for the sport, but so was, uh, what's his name before that? Tagliabu? Uh Not Taglibu, but um, yes, <laughs> Taglibu. but it wasn't his fault. It was our union's fault. Um, uh Gene Upshaw, you know, a- oh, and wow. between these two, that marriage, you're looking at this, this Don King thing all over again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not looked at in that, it, it, to that respect, but it is. It, it right. literally is. It's a lot of backdoor, under-the-table things with results that come out with, you know, hundreds of pages of literature, and it all it says is that we're screwing the guys over. Yeah. You know what I mean? The NFL is in bed with the NFL PA. And you know to work with each other. The owners have their own private club and a quarterback club, and all of those things are all in cahoots. And the only people that suffer are the the, the the guys you know, the regular football players that yeah. that, that bring in the money. You know what I mean? That they actually are. do so the hitting and, and, exactly. and that's a that's a, a conversation that can you know if you follow the paper line, and, and, and the decisions that they made in the in uh, collective bargaining agreement, you'll be like, wow, this it is a conspiracy. It's a big conspiracy.
1: Now, two things before we get going, and I, I really wanted to touch base on this because it's a community thing. Talk to us a quick minute or two about what you do within the community and everything you do for the kids and everything, just so all our listeners know and everything that's going on. Obviously, I really didn't get into, de- into too much in-depth detail about it because we just really took off, and we were just going here, or there. and It's not like I'm never going to have you on again because I am going to have you on again. But that's my first question, and the second question to end the show too. I'm going to want to know your, your winner, score, and why. So go ahead.
2: Okay, let's start with what I do and why I do it. Um, just to tell you a little bit, I try and make it as fast as I can. Um, in 2009, I hurt my back, and I lost everything from waist down. And at that time, I was working. I was running two construction crews. I was doing maintenance at the Arbors right up the block from here. And I was uh, a real estate appraiser. Oh, wow. Just trying to keep up the lifestyle that I used to live playing football. So I had all these jobs and, and doing moonlight and security at night. And I took a long look in the mirror, and I'm like, yo, I can't walk. And I'm, they told me I would never walk again. It was a tough pill to swallow from a guy that made all his money with his hands and feet his whole mm. life, you know. And uh, I got so depressed, and things went south for me. And the first thing I did was I volunteered at Big Brother Big Sister. And the day I did that, things just turned around for me. like Awesome you know what, this is what I'm supposed to do. Because I always said I would volunteer, I would give back, I would help out. But I don't have time. You know, when I'm playing football, I had uh, other things to do. And then when I wasn't playing football, I had work to do. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I things just turned for me. And I'm like, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. And between that and rehab and life, uh, things just got better and better. And then I saw how crooked the the nonprofit world was. You know, you got to watch out who you get in bed with. You got to watch out who you talk to because there's snakes in every grass. And I'm like, damn, man, how can I uh, protect my brand of what I'm trying to do without, and I said to start my own. So I started my own nonprofit, 501c3, and initially it was just to help out uh, troubled teens and kids that come from disadvantaged uh, backgrounds and things of that nature. But the need is so big that. I, I you can't I, do it alone. I, I, you can't do it alone, but there's everybody needs help everywhere. Of course. So um, some of the big things that I do right now, I do. I work closely with a, 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 a shelter in Brentwood. Okay. It, family service, we took it over, about 500 people. We feed them every Thanksgiving. I take on all 350 kids for Christmas. Oh, wow. Um, we, uh, I mentor. I, I, I got probably about 30 kids that I, I mentor now. Um, some of them, I, one large group, but then as they transition out, I stay in contact and I Travel from here to Patchogue to Riverhead.
1: Well, now that you and I, like, we're in contact with each other, maybe one time if you do, like, an event or something, maybe we could have an actual radio show there and we could interview you and a couple other people that are involved because we've done stuff like that. Like, this past summer, myself and the president of this uh, network, Errol Marks, we went to do a walk in huntington area like the r- the rich rich part of the area <laughs> and we met kenyan drake from the miami dolphins we did an interview with him that we uploaded and everything we got pictures and everything cool. so it was really nice so now that we have this contact maybe we'll talk and whatnot and uh, any events you do maybe we'll come live we'll, we'll, we'll set up a table we'll do our radio show there i think it would be beneficial for you it'll be beneficial for us we'll interview you and a couple others if, if anything, I think that would be a great that thing. That
2: would be awesome. That's just another thing that can help drive people there. Of and, course. And and that's w- that's we can put do. it on our
1: website. We could drive it all over social media that's with beautiful. stuff like that, with everything. So last thing before we go, because we do got to get going, there's another show. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl and why?
2: Well, I have the Rams winning. You do? Yes. Score. That's a tough one. I, it's got to it's be like uh, 2023.
1: 23
2: interesting. I, and the reason I say that is because you can't stop Brady. You can only hope to slow him down and contain him. And if the Rams balance it out with the run and the pass. And, and I don't and trust Jared Goff. Cl- I don't, but that's where the run comes in. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, he's young, and, and, and he hasn't proven us wrong all year. You know, he's done good by them. Yeah. Um, he has he's done wha- what he's had to do. And that's all you need. The, the quarterback position is greatly overrated. A quarterback has to do is put drives together, and if they come out put of put them with in position. A- a- if you come out with points, that's great. But if you can put a drive together, winning the 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 the, uh, the possession of field, mm-hmm. and always stuck in the team back in their in their own thing, and getting the ball when you're forty or fifty, that's where the game is won and lost yep. at. Because your odds of coming out with three to seven points are ten times higher. Of course, Gary,
5: I like you eat even more now.
2: <laughs> yeah, for picking you're my red. new best friend. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it from
1: our show here at Third and Long here on the Sports on the Go 1 radio network. I want to thank Gary Brown from the Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl-winning Green Bay Packers 1996. I want to thank Mr. Tyler Harrison for being here and being my co-host, and, of course, my producer, Mr. Vinny Rubo. But, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back tomorrow for our NFL Thursday Pick'em Day here at Sports on the Go 1.
2: This,
0: this is Long Island's yeah. old sports radio network. Sports, sports on, on the go, go, go one, one radio. One. radio.